Welcome to the Single Well Podcast. My name is Dr. Mila and I am a family doctor turned wellness transformation coach. I created the Single Well for Christian single women and moms who want to learn how to simply incorporate wellness practices into their daily lives. After having a baby, getting divorced, and years of struggling with weight gain and declining health, I went searching for a natural weight loss solution. But instead, I discovered that true health was found in leveraging my spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, and relational wellness. Listen in to gain the tools and mindset to start developing your own unique wellness strategy. Let's do this. Please note, the information shared on the Single Well Podcast is meant for informational purposes only and is not meant to replace the advice of your personal physician or healthcare practitioner. Please consult your personal medical professional before embarking on or implementing anything discussed on the podcast. You are listening to Pivot and Bloom, where you will be empowered to change your mindset, flourish in your body, and fully engage in your own wellness revolution. I am your host, Camila Marie, MD. The content shared in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. Be sure to always consult with your physician on any and all of your personal health matters. about skin conditions and respiratory conditions. And um, these are common conditions, if you're hopping in the middle of the series, um, these are just common conditions, things that I see a lot as a family physician that um, we've normalized, that we've made to to, um, be just something we expect. And um, while some people will have these conditions and it's totally common, um, it is not necessarily normal and it's our body's reaction to to things um, in our environment a lot of times. And so what I wanted to do with the series was just to continue to encourage you to to look out, think outside the box when it comes to your body. And we're, we have a lot of medications, we have a lot of um, remedies for these things, and those are all great. And I always encourage you to talk to your um, physician or medical provider about any conditions you have. Um, but but we want to make sure we're optimizing the things that we do, the things that we can um, contribute to our health. And so I'll start with eczema. Um, most people know this term. Um, eczema is a condition that is seen on the skin. It causes um, inflammation and, um, you know, kind of a roughness to the skin. It occurs in patches, so it's not usually the full body, but just certain areas 
um, that you will see it in um, is very common in kids. Um, so we see a lot of kids with that. Um, it is tied to ex- to asthma. So um, a lot of people with asthma have eczema and vice versa. So um, it is something that we see frequently um, and we kind of say, oh, they just have a little eczema, you know. Um, there are a lot of medical treatments for it. There's different creams and things out there. A lot of times we use topical steroids, which help to kind of help decrease the inflammation that causes the condition. Um, but what a lot of people don't realize is that, um, you know, our skin is our first defense, our first line of defense. And a lot of times things that come in and affect our skin, um, can affect our whole bodies, but also what we put inside of our bodies affects our skin. And so I like to think of it as, um, God's way of showing us if something's off, you know, um, if you eat something or take in something that is not, um, serving your body, you may not see the effects right away. And we've talked a little bit about that before. But a lot of times the skin will start to show signs of things. So um, a lot of people have had hives. I know I dealt with um, hives really severely when I first started changing my um, lifestyle. And um, I've had them before. My skin is generally very sensitive. But, um, you know, they're miserable. You're itching. You're, you know, having all these these spots pop up. You don't know where they're coming from. They make you kind of hot and heat, you know, your body feels heated and they, they burn when you scratch them. Like there's a whole thing that goes with that. And it's interesting because it usually has to do with a multitude of factors. We think like, oh, I have hives. What did I eat yesterday? And sometimes that's valid. But a lot of times there's other factors. People can get hives when they're nervous, when they're, you know, going through something. So there's just all these things. Our bodies are so dynamic and always responding to things to try to keep us safe. And so when I think of eczema, um, you know, I, th- I think of um, my, my son who ha- has had that in the past. And what's interesting about that is that once we started to adjust what we ate and what we put on our skin and so forth, um, he's not had a lot of issues with that. And I find it to be really cool that this wasn't a lifelong condition. Now, he also had uh, asthma as a, as a young child. So when he was born, um, you know, he was, he was fine. But like as he got closer to uh, one, um, we noticed that he wheezed a lot. And over the winter when he was about six months old, um, he got a couple colds and he had to have medication for asthma type symptoms, but they don't die. We don't diagnose asthma until they're a little older. And so he ended up getting diagnosed when he was one at his one year old checkup. And we'll talk a little bit more about asthma here shortly, but they are tied together. And so, um, some of the ways that we have adjusted what he eats is by avoiding a lot of fast food, you know, um, avoiding a lot of, um, packaged and processed foods as much as we can. He's sick. So, you know how that goes, <laughs> but we, I really pay attention to that because I notice that when there's an abundance of those things, his skin starts to react. Um, now thank God he hasn't had more of the asthma symptoms, but you know, it, it's really scary, right? You see this kind of rash on your child and you're like, what is going on? And so, Um, he has really improved from that. But what a lot of people don't realize is that there's a lot of things, 
um, in our food system that can trigger this. And so um, I definitely recommend, again, that you you talk to your doctor um, about this, but um, you know, because there are medications that you can you can use and, and take um, at least temporarily or for, you know, as you need it. Some people will need it long term to help with this. So I don't want to deter you from that. But I do want you to think about some of the other things around you. And so one of the big culprits is gluten. Um, so gluten is a protein found in grains. So usually like wheat, rye and barley type grains. And so these are things that help it stick together. You know, it's in there. It's something that, um, you know, we have a lot of because wheat is one of the main products that is in a lot of our foods, especially our processed and packaged foods. And so when you eliminate that or decrease that, a lot of times people will notice a difference. Now, the interesting part is there's a condition called celiac disease, which um, is a gluten sensitivity. It's something where people will have a lot of bowel and GI and stomach symptoms, um, you know, digestive symptoms, uh, when they eat gluten. And so they have to essentially eliminate it, um, usually for their lifetime. But there's a lot of people have something that's called non-celiac gluten sensitivity, where they have sensitivities to gluten, but if you were to test them, you may not see it in their blood work and they may not have as severe symptoms. It's that varies from person to person. But what's really cool about that is they can cut out gluten for a while and then slowly add it back in. And some people, can kind of, um, you know, desensitize to it where they stop it for a while, their body heals, and then they can reintroduce it. Now that's not everybody, but it's something that is in a lot of foods and we're exposed all the time and it can be causing some of these issues. And so, um, you know, acne is, uh, another skin condition that's very common that people see a lot. I see, you know, usually see it in teenagers with hormonal changes and things like that. We see it a lot more now in adults, especially around um, the menopause, perimenopausal state. I see a lot of women coming in with that. And um, what's um, what I note about that is that that is also a time where they're more insulin resistant. And so it has something to do with how the body processes sugar, you know, so going back, acne is a condition where the skin is, is plugged, the pores are plugged with oil and dead skin and things. And some of this is a normal process. So like, you know, you have dead skin and it sloughs off and all of that, but sometimes that gets trapped. And then when that's trapped in there, you can also get bacteria. Anytime fluid is trapped in your body, no matter how small it is, it can become infected. And so, you know, um, some of the treatments for acne involve antibiotics and things like that. And those are all well and good. And um, some people need them. And so if you need them, by all means, take them. But, you know, also look at your diet and things that you're eating and, w- and what you're putting in your body. Um, you would be amazed at how many people I talk to and they have this and they're like, I've tried everything, you know, I'm seeing the dermatologist, what else can I do? And we start just having a really Um, frank discussion about what they're eating. And if I identify any of those foods that for a lot of people are problematic, gluten, dairy, and sugar and starch usually, um, there's usually one or more of those items in their diet. And sometimes by just cutting out one of them, they can see a tremendous difference. 
Um, and so it's just something to think about. Um, you know, we don't, we always want to eat what we want to eat. We don't want to eliminate things, but I think if it would make a difference of me not having this condition that can actually be painful, acne can actually be very painful. Um, it is emotionally, um, challenging as well, because especially for teenagers, and I've even seen it in women as they age, they get very, um, self-conscious about it. And so if there's some way that we can approach it in a different way, why not try that? And so I think when I talk about skin, the whole thing is thinking about the inside out, not just focusing on what you're putting on your skin, because there are some things that can aggravate these these problems, definitely, um, that we put on our skin on a daily basis or on a frequent basis, but also what you're putting in, into your body, what you're eating, what you're drinking, and what might be affecting you that way. Um the next topic is allergies and sinus. So these things are all kind of related, you know, um, in the sense that, you know, these are all lines of defense. So when you breathe in, things go into your nose, your nasal passages, your sinuses, and your body has to decide if it's going to allow that thing to affect you or, or get inside your body. And so it will react. And so we've all been around things like dust and different things that you walk in and you just start sneezing. That's your body's attempt to get rid of that um, threat. You know, it's seeing it as a threat. And what happens when our allergies are out of whack is that they're just reacting to everything. And we commonly tie allergies and sinus problems to external things, you know, colds and allergies to, you know, pollen and, um, you know, insect uh, excrement, which is kind of disgusting, but you know, happens, <laughs> um, pets, things like that. Um, we, we, we attribute it to that, but there also is some tie-in to what we eat and how we feed ourselves. So you'll hear people say, it's like an old wives tale that, you know, if you drink milk, it thickens your mucus, but there is some relevance to that. Um, dairy tends to cause more problems for some people with allergies and sinus problems. Um, it has, none of this has been proven well in the data, but I see it a lot anecdotally that people, um, who tend to have these issues may, you know, partake of a lot more dairy products, you know, and, um, once they realize that and tie that in, they're willing to try it. And a lot of times when they do, their symptoms do get a lot better. They may not resolve completely because there's always other factors, but they tend to get a lot better. Um, a note on that is that, um, with allergy and sinus symptoms right now, we're in a pandemic. There are quite a bit of people having allergy and sinus symptoms, especially here in Ohio. Our weather's a little bipolar. And so people are having, you know, we're having days where it's 60 and 70. And then the next day it's 20 or 20, you know, 25 degrees. It's insane. And so that tends to wreak havoc on people with allergy and sinus problems because there's no, it's not steady. It's just going back and forth. And this time of year is common for that. Um, you've also, you know, the fall is, is ragweed season, which is a type of pollen that can affect some people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people are dealing with all these things. But 
we are in a pandemic and a lot of people are coming in and saying like, oh, I thought I had allergies or I thought I had a sinus infection and they're actually being diagnosed with COVID. So you just want to be cautious with that. Um, You know, um, you may want to go get tested um, if you have those symptoms, especially if you're um, not able to isolate or you're in a position where you have to be around other people. Um, You may want to consider that. I know nobody wants to have to get a COVID test. Nobody wants to deal with it, but here we are. We got to deal with it. So I just wanted to point that out since I was talking about it, that, you know, these are a lot of people, even people that you normally have these same symptoms every year are going and getting tested and showing positive for COVID. So you just want to be mindful about that. Um, So moving on to asthma and breathing. So we see asthma, um, we talked a little bit about it before. Um, We see it pretty commonly. Um, It is a condition where your body is, again, reacting to something coming in generally, but there's other factors. And it causes spasms in your windpipe. Your body's trying to protect itself from those uh, perceived threats. And so a lot of asthmatics have issues with, again, those environmental factors um, that cause allergies, but they may also have it when they're stressed or when they're scared or in certain work environments, you know, with dust and things like that. Um, So it can be triggered by a lot of things. A lot of asthmatics can tell you exactly what usually triggers their asthma and they learn that and try to avoid it because it's a very miserable thing to not be able to breathe, um, as you can imagine, if you haven't dealt with it. Um, Going back to Chase, um, Chase had asthma, like I said, when he was one, diagnosed with asthma when he was one, and he did breathing treatments for quite a while. But since I've made changes, I've noticed that the asthma has essentially um, gone away. And some kids do outgrow it, so it might be coincidence, but I find it very, very interesting that um, once I changed my lifestyle in 2017 and I just changed what kind of food I bring in the house that he has not had a lot of issues or any issues really with his asthma. So um, I think that that is so cool, so amazing that um, he hasn't had that. I thank God that he um, didn't develop a more severe case because it was pretty consistent when he was little. This, this was, it was mild, but it was you know, he wheezed a lot and he was a happy wheezer, as we call it in the medical community, where he was not a, he was not in distress. He just wheezed uh, quite a bit. So um, and we actually don't have as far as I know, on either side of his family, there's no cases of asthma. So it just kind of um, calls to my attention, you know, were there things that I did or ate or, you know, exposed him to when I was pregnant? I don't know. But you know, we don't want to go down that guilt trap, (laughs) but, um, you know, I just, I just think about these things all the time. I wanted to share them with you because sometimes there's just simple solutions to things and things that we can do. And like I said, it may not mean that you don't have to take your inhaler for your asthma or you don't have to take your medicine, but it just may mean that it may make things, make things easier for you. Um, people with asthma have a lot of issues when it's really severe. Um, there's certain environments they can't be in, um, they, it may affect their job because if they're having frequent asthma attacks, I mean, you can't work when you're having an asthma attack. Um, this also affects parents. And this was something we talked about in, um, uh, air health, our health with air health, our health, um, uh, about uh, a few episodes ago, and I'll, I'll post that in the show notes, um, 
about like the quality of our air and how if somebody is suffering with their breathing, that their caregiver then is also having to take off and things like that. And with children, this is a big problem because if you have a child that has frequent asthma attacks or really any medical condition, but especially asthma, they have to stay home. Um, right now, uh, it's interesting because asthma is causes some of the symptoms that we see with COVID. So, you know, coughing and shortness of breath and things like that. And you have to try to decipher, like, is this asthma or is this COVID, you know? Um, and so it, it just thinking about how challenging that can be for families, um, you know, just starting to make some changes and just see, you can always go back to that. That's the great thing about food. You can always cut some things out, you know, as long as it's not drastic and you're not, you know, affecting your nutrient intake, you want to make sure you're getting what you need, but we don't necessarily need gluten, you know, um, sometimes it can be restrictive if you go like all in. So you really do have to be cautious with it, but just thinking about those, those things, gluten, dairy, sugar are very common triggers for people. And if there's something in your, in your diet that you, you may be overindulging in or having frequently, it doesn't even have to be an overeating thing. It can be well, I bought this box of whatever snack, you know, insert your favorite snack and you're going to eat it all. You know, you're going to not may not eat it all in one sitting, but over the course of a week or two, you're eating all of that. And when you think about it that way, you're getting a dose of that every day or multiple times a day, depending on what it is. And if your body does not respond well to that thing, it will it will keep you safe for a while, but you will start to see effects of it over time. And so I think it's just such important information to know, like, wow, I can change these things and perhaps change my health. So I did not go into, you know, super specific detail about these conditions and all their treatments and everything that goes along with them, because there's just you could talk about all of each of them for hours. But I just wanted to give you an overview um, because these are things that a lot of people have. Um, and I can tell you from personal experience, these are just very common things we see all the time. If people aren't being seen for that, it's on their list somewhere in, in a lot of cases. And my own recollection is that these were not as common um, even 10 years ago as they are now. And so what's changed? What's what's affected um, our food supply or our environment that's caused these things to increase exponentially, you know, um, just thinking about that, you know, we didn't all suddenly become genetically prone to these things. Like there's some reason that so many people are suffering with these conditions. And I just want you to be in the know. I want you to be able to make a change, flourish in that change, and then repeat the cycle. You know, that's what we do at Pivot and Bloom. As always, take care of you.
This has been the Single Well Podcast. For more information on what you just heard, please visit us on Facebook or Instagram at The Single Well, or you can email us at thesinglewell at gmail.com.